Avengers! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Marvel's Avengers podcast. This is your episode for April 10th, 2021. I'm your director, Christian Buckley, joined, as always, by the Apex legend, Jack Martin. Excelsior, Christian, and a happy birthday to you as of this recording. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, It is not looking to be a Marvel birthday for me personally, but this morning, that Falcon episode, that shocked me so <laughs> yeah what a what a what a delightful treat for you mm-hmm. <laughs> and the wee the wee hours of this morning yeah you know it's great i got a falcon episode today and taylor swift redid fearless her classic album that released today as well so feels good oh right? good what are there. some highlights off of that album because my, uh, my girlfriend big taylor swift fan and i've been following tangentially the highlights of her re-recording her mm-hmm. her old music uh, well, of course, Fearless, um, uh, Love Story, you know, Romeo, Juliet, um, mm-hmm. 15, You Belong With Me. There's a lot of really good classics on here. So, Is uh, Teardrops on my guitar on that album? No, I believe that is her self-titled album. Okay, which, uh, that is undeniably the best Taylor Swift song. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, though? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, doing good. I played a little bit of Marvel's Avengers this week just sort of grinding through the hawkeye challenge card but yeah uh again as always not a lot to do in this game but yeah i played when i could this week and of course we will get to that the fact that the game kind of broke um (laughs) sometime this week for ps4 users uh but we do have an updated war table a bunch of new stuff in the shop uh some new mcu trailers as well as this week's falcon and the winter soldier fat dubs discussion so we will get to that, but uh, why don't we kick things off the way we normally do with Fury's report. This week, if you want to get in the game, your low power level mission is Along Came a Spider, one of the Black Widow missions for, you know, the, the icon ones on the, on the table. High power level is Rocket's Red Glare. This, of course, this is a repeat uh, occurrence for the low and high power level rotation, right? But Rocket's Red Glare, Jack... It's a good mission. This is the space one. Yeah, this is a really cool one where I think you're in Utah. You go to the space elevator, which <laughs> space elevators in video games, always cool. Um, and then you go into space and you do like a little capture the flag slash, I think it's more like domination actually, mm-hmm. uh, sort of sector. And then you get out of there. It's really cool. Yeah, I really like that one. And I wish uh, more of the missions like that would, you know, pretty be pretty diverse like that. I hope we go to space more in the future, but... Uh... If you want to get into the harm room challenges, which, uh, Jack, I don't know if we ever brought this up, but did you see, realize that the harm room guy for making custom ones is Jimmy Woo? Uh, no, I didn't realize that until you pointed that out to me. Um, that, that must've been a day one thing that we just didn't realize, right? I guess, yeah, because I, I don't think we ever talked about it on the show. I definitely remember texting you because like, I remember the the feature launched with Hawkeye and I never used it. And then I was playing, you know, grinding on Hawkeye later and I saw it pop up to when I was going through all the missions and it said, James Wu needs your help. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. And this was right during the WandaVision hype with, uh, yeah. with Jimmy Wu like mm-hmm. taking over the internet. Yeah, I, I wonder when that was a decision, you know, because I don't think he was in the game before this. So I, I wonder if that was a, they just saw the opportunity and took it. But I was thinking maybe he was the harm room technician in that you like go see in the main storyline. 
but I honestly forget because it's been okay. months at this point, and mm-hmm. Jimmy Jimmy Woo wasn't on the brain for me at least at that point. Uh, yeah. Falcon or uh, Avengers, no <laughs> Jesus, Ant Man of the Wasp um, was long in the the re- rear view window, and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't think I would ever see him again. But yes. here we are. Well, if you do want to run a harm room challenge this week, you'll be getting Iron Man Enter the Mandarin number six from 2008. Uh, pretty cool, you know. But the marketplace, Jack, this week we have a deluge of new things. So run us through what's gracing the storefront today. Sure. So last week we talked about the sort of uh, squad outfits that has been have been reveal, uh, revealed and are sorting to starting to sort of drip out, drip by drip. Um, this week, it's Hulk, Black Widow, and Hawkeye who have that, what's it called? Is it like the space-faring outfit, something like that? I think it's the aerospace yes. skins or something like that. Yeah, so they're, they're basically white, gold, and black. That's pretty much the uh, the color scheme of that. And another highlight, a few highlights, I would say, um, is the Superior Iron Man skin, which shows tony like no helmet he has maybe like a quarter of a helmet i guess you could see his face and hair um and his body is like pretty much silver with some black accents as well and uh there are at least two like variants of that skin type in the marketplace as well Mm -hmm. um i know a lot of people really like that as an iron man main uh not my not my favorite but I do think that it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's a super cool suit. Um, I saw the green and gold colorway, like a forest green and like Loki gold. It looked pretty nice. But um, yeah, I, I did see some people in the subreddit upset because the body of this suit is just a reskin of a different outfit. But the I think, which I can understand being upset by, but like the main thing is the headpiece, right? Like that's why you're getting the suit, you know? Yeah, totally. So. Um, I, I would... I didn't do my, my research on this, but I would have to imagine that that suit hails from the comics. Yeah, and again, it's sort of like a it's like a inspired by, if you want to say it, not the same way sure. the MCU skins are going to be, but like um, it's like okay, it's in the ballpark. You got the suit looking generally like that suit, and then the important thing is the headpiece. But uh, yeah, that li- it is literally like one of the skins I think you can earn in Iron Man's challenge card. I think uh, for the neck down, but just recolored, but. Um, I definitely saw some people being upset about that, considering it's a fifteen dollars skin. But I think it looks cool. I'm not an Iron Man main, so my word doesn't matter. But I think it looks cool. So you you also pointed out uh, before we recorded the Hawkeye pack that we talked about maybe a couple weeks ago at this point. Mm-hmm. This was the we thought this was the five hundred credit pack that supposedly you could spend five hundred credits on. Mm-hmm. And get 500 credits back through the pack with a Hawkeye skin and a nameplate. As far as I can tell, the social media post that announced that was very, was worded very poorly. Mm-hmm. Because I believe how it is. I've tried to purchase it several times with credits and I don't think you can. I think it's only a um, like real, you have to spend real money on it. Like PSN. Yeah. So you go into the marketplace um Instead of the normal five dollar five hundred credits pack that you can buy, it's replaced with the Hawkeye one, which includes five hundred credits. 
Um, so I think the social media post that announced that was saying the 500 credits equivalent pack is sure. the Hawkeye one. Um, worded very weirdly, I thought you could, it sounded as though you could purchase with credits and then that would be it, but um, it is a $5 purchase. Yeah. So, a little so sad. <laughs> this whole time, I, in my head, since they announced it, you know, we were talking about like, oh yeah, you can just drop 500, get 500. In the back of my head, I was like, they could absolutely wall you off of doing that. Like, I, was, I wasn't going to be blown away if this was the case, but um, now that you say that, I, because the thing is, they just kept saying it's in the marketplace, and I went over to the tab that said marketplace, and I looked at the main page, and I looked at the Hawkeye page, I was like, where the hell is this thing? But if you're, what you're saying is that it's in the place, which I cannot tell you how to get to it right now, yeah. where in-game you can buy credits, not through the PSN actual, like, store. Right that makes a lot more sense that's why i couldn't find it but um yeah that sucks <laughs> i i understand what it is you know like because when fortnite does this they have like their five buck a couple like 600 v bucks and a skin pack um you can't use v bucks to get that you know so like I, I was assuming they wouldn't let you maybe but yeah that's a bummer to hear it's confirmed you can just cannot drop 500 credits on it so i want to read the tweet of this Please announcement do, yes. because it is not a good tweet uh it reads and i i don't want to harp on anyone who's doing like social media but it's very it's not it's very confusing because we we read it this way so it reads get the heroic starter pack a one-time 500 credit purchase worth a total of 1750 credits and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff um but a one-time 500 credit purchase sounds as though you can spend 500 credits to get all the yes. stuff in there you know um which worded improperly um five dollars not that much money i don't think i would spend actual money on that i would obviously rather just spend the credits i've accrued but yeah a little bit a uh, little bit disappointed um based on that wording i thought yeah. we were getting some a little cool um for credits that we might have already had but i guess not yeah which uh you know like I'm maining Hawkeye at this point in time. I kind of like that Mad Max-inspired outfit. I like having credits on deck in this game. So it's five bucks. Maybe one day I just feel like, you know, treating myself or something. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely... I'd still like to see more, like, packs like this. And, you know, like, I remember there was a, a weird thing with the PlayStation Plus pack, but I think that's all ironed out at this point. But um, in other news for this game this week, we did... You want to start with the good thing or the bad thing? Let's start with the good thing, because I, I, I don't think there's too too much to talk about the good thing. Sure. So Avengers 2021 content roadmap has been updated and specified, which I am a big fan of this. This is exactly the type of update and communication I think you and I were talking about and wanting from this game. Mm -hmm. uh, the previously broken up to spring, summer, summer and beyond is now broken up with March having launched the next-gen version, the Hawkeye operation. April confirmed Tachyon Anomaly, that event where you will be able to play as multiple of the same heroes, and there's going to be some story context for it, uh, some new mission type to run. It's presumably limited time. They're going to just see how it pans out. Um, and May is the Red Room takeover, like we assumed um, for the Black Widow sort of 
synergy release and uh, dropping MCU skins. But we we did have that sort of pause last week. I know Crystal mentioned like, hey, we're not we're not the MCU, you know, because Black Widow was delayed. But it's nice to see that they are sticking to this for May because even if it's a small slice of content, I think pushing it to July or whenever Black Widow's coming out for the sake of it would have been a bad call. Totally. Um, I'm glad they doubled down on what they probably intended to have as a May release with the Red Room takeover, mm-hmm. even after the delay of Black Widow, the Black Widow film. Uh, so it's nice. It's nice to see. I'm glad that they're sort of trying to get the marketing synergy with the MCU as much as they can, but also saying, hey, like what you said, hey, we're not the MCU. So, and this game sort of desperately needs some content. So this is coming out. It, it can come out in May, so it will come out in May, even though it will not line up as nicely as it could have with the Black Widow movie. But yeah, it's good. Um, I honestly am not sure I expected the Tachyon Anomaly in April, given that we're already nine to 10 days into the month. So that must be coming in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I remember when this roadmap was thrown out there, and again, pre-Black Widow delay, I think we assumed these two would have been April and May. I think we actually like just might have said that. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. And like you said, it, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a mini little War Table video on the feed next week or maybe the week after. But yeah, April, you know, there's a couple weeks left, so they got to drop it at some point. But uh, I'm looking forward to checking that out. I'm interested, you know. I uh, Any new type of mission structure for this game I'd be interested in testing out. You know, maybe I finally try matchmaking if I know I'm not going to have to pick around characters. So, uh, yeah. Um, and you know what? Maybe, maybe you and I squad up for this too. Yeah, uh, maybe we we find a, a common hero in Captain America maybe or Black mm. Widow. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah roll through a couple missions together that'd be cool oh yeah so looking forward to that uh, of course when crystal announces it or showcases it, we will be covering it on the show in more detail as well as impressions so look forward to that in the future but yeah uh, no other updates um I, I might be misremembering this but was cosmic cube always in summer and beyond i believe it was yeah okay and they didn't split up like summer and summer or okay wait no i think was black widow like early summer maybe um because i feel like i remember there being three like three split things the way there are now i'm not sure Hmm. maybe but either way cosmic cube was in the summer at some point yeah like i think we said like maybe august or something like yeah it's probably out there but well, that is the good news for this game for the week. Uh, the bad news, let's shift over to some stark realities because there's been a couple issues with the game um, and another update as well, but I brought it up before, Jack. We, we're not going to go into it specifically, but I've been comparing this game, Marvel's Avengers, very frequently in my head to the way I've been watching Outriders because... Outriders is another Square Enix published game that looks, sounds, plays like a live service game, but is not. But it was marketed better. 
It's still launched with issues. It's still dealing with a lot of issues, having a lot of server issues. Um, but this game is breaking records, right? Like the Steam concurrence, they're beating every Borderlands game. It's like top five on Game Pass right now. Like the game is being received very, very well. So it, it, it stings a bit looking at Marvel's Avengers, which I, I played the demo of Outriders. I played a lot of Avengers. I think Avengers does stuff good enough that I think it could have gotten a similar reception. But the way it's been handled, I think, uh, is pretty rough. Because I, I definitely think there's a way you can launch a game like these two that are similar, not have it be perfect, and then recover and still exceed with it. Because I think there's merit to Marvel's Avengers, as we've talked about it in the past, like, six months of doing this show, right? Like, there's ways to do it. But this week specifically, <laughs> uh, they put a patch out. It completely shuttered PS4 players from being able to play um, for, I don't know how long it was like that, but they got another patch out. I was able to log in last night and mess around with Hawkeye some more. But earlier in the week, I was not able to get in or Maybe I could have, but I saw what was going on. And I was like, I'm hearing people throw around losing save progress. I'm hearing people say all these things. I don't want to mess with that. I'll play when it's fixed. So Yeah, I believe that was like a 24-hour period where they released this game on PS Now, um, which I guess we could sort of glanced over that. I didn't expect this game to come out for PS Now ever. Uh, yeah <laughs> because maybe it's because i don't think of ps now ever <laughs> yeah um and it seems like that's a good get for the service 100 mm-hmm. percent. but i don't know if that is the avenue to draw people in because it's... i know there are there are like two million subscribers to ps now i believe something like mm-hmm. that um which is not an insignificant amount of people but if you want this game to get into the hands of new players it's ps plus it's Game Pass. Those are the services we've been talking about. Yeah. And uh, PS Now is the uh, the oft-forgotten one, I would say, for good Jack, reason. When I saw PS Now the other day, I was I was a little miffed, all right? Yes. Yeah. Like, like, what that tells me specifically is they wanted Game Pass so badly, but because they were painted into a corner with all these PlayStation deals, they can't. And this was the next best thing. I'm sure they wanted Plus as well. They're like, hey, they probably didn't say we want Game Pass, but like they go into it wanting that. They're like, hey, why not Plus? You know, because Plus is sort of the equivalent if you want to make comparisons on like the value of what's being provided. Because um, I'm with you. I think what this game needs is a Plus or Game Pass. And then PlayStation was like, no, we have a service, you know, just put it on there. <laughs> I I think the strategy with going to PS Now is I think, as far as I'm aware, it's a limited time deal. So I think this game is available on PS Now until sometime in the summer, mm-hmm. at which point it will lapse and people will have to buy the game. So right. I'm thinking Square Enix was like, hey, let's put it on this service for a limited amount of time. Um the subscribers will have access to that will play it for a few months and then if they like it they go out and buy the game um almost as a way to sort of double dip for the game uh which is smart but also i think ps now is comparatively such a smaller audience to mm-hmm. playstation plus users and uh xbox game pass users that 
I'm not sure if it's going to pay off in the end, but yeah. for the service itself, for PlayStation Now, I think it's a good get. Yeah, and I think that just brings it back to where I kicked off with Outriders, right? Like, that's a... No offense to people can fly. Bulletstorm is really good, but, like, Outriders is a brand new IP, really no fanfare, uh, looks on the surface pretty generic, and it's charting constantly, you know? And even with Game Pass, things leave the service, right? But you do get that incentive. You are incentivized to buy it after because you get a discount for playing it on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And I, I just look at that and that player base. It's like, I think in the popular on Game Pass thing, it's like in the leagues of a Minecraft and like a 2K. That's where Outriders is right now. Now imagine how much wider the player base for this game would have been if you get Marvel's Avengers, just the name, on that service, right? That's easily going to hit the top five. There is a very weird dichotomy between the approach to Marvel's Avengers and Outriders, where you mentioned it earlier with Outriders being a single-player experience that you can play with friends and is not considered to be a live service game, even though it is a live service game. Right. For all intents and purposes. Marvel's Avengers was marketed as a live service game that was mostly a multiplayer game. There was, of course, the single player content, but it was marketed and advertised to people mostly concerning the end game content and playing with friends. Turns out Marvel's Avengers is more a single player game than I think Outriders is. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything much more I could say to that, but I just think that approach is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it seems like the tables are sort of switched between the two games. Yeah, so it's a lot of what ifs, but I, I do think that the, the sentiment of going to a service with this game, which is something we talked about before, of like maybe going free to play eventually or free to play air quotes of like being tied to a subscription um, that you already pay for for other stuff. Like I... I really think there's a world where this game can get that second life. You know, maybe by the time for War for Wakanda, maybe they're able to negotiate a deal with Plus or a deal with Game Pass. But I I think more than anything, this game needs a community that can see that the game is really like has a rock solid foundation that just needs time and content. And the way you do that is with providing it for what, your average player thinks is free, right? Like it's tied to something you're already paying for for all these other things. So it's like, oh yeah, I'll try it out. And then it's like, oh, wow, I actually really like how Captain America plays. Iron Man is super fun. The story is really good. It runs really well on my new console. Like I, I think this game still has an image problem. And it's the reason that you brought up the topic, I think originally a couple weeks ago. It's like, that's the reason why it needs to be not like a trial weekend, but something like this that is very low stakes to get into. And um, you're right, PlayStation Now is a good get for that service, but I think it needs to be a good thing for the game more than a good thing for the service, you know? Yeah, (laughs) totally. Um, And nowadays, most multiplayer-focused experiences are free-to-play, or in some way or another free-to-play. Like, Call of Duty releases 70 now dollar installments every year, but it has Warzone now, which is free. And most of the people playing Call of Duty are probably playing Warzone because it's free and it's just so accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, Same with Apex Legends and now with Destiny and Destiny 2. 
or yeah. Destiny Two rather. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, Outriders now, of course, being on Game Pass is essentially free. Um, it's I feel like it's really hard to release multiplayer focused games now that are behind a paywall because you're asking a lot of for potential players to spend that money to maybe like the game maybe not especially with avengers being for me personally a seven out of ten that's a hard ask whereas outriders from what i've been hearing is a really good game but people have also been saying this is like a seven out of ten but i think people love that so much because for them as mostly xbox players i feel it is essentially free with their subscription service um so like they they didn't really risk any there's no risk involved with that game um where there's a, I think, 30 probably now, $30 wall behind this game as a risk. Um, so, yeah, I we've talked about it before, but I think this game will end up on some sort of service eventually. Yeah, I would hope. I, and, you know, as much as I think Game Pass is probably what it needs, uh, I doubt that happens because of the Spider-Man deal and because of the PlayStation marketing and the PlayStation Plus packs for the subscribers, which... I feel like I only ever saw two of those. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I think they're kind of backed into a corner with the PlayStation deal. And unless it goes to plus, I don't know if it's ever going to get that big boon that it could hopefully need, unless they just rip the bandaid off and go free to play and charge for something, which by the looks of how they're handling war for Wakanda is not the future of the game. There are some rumors about a potential PlayStation playstation's answer to game pass mm-hmm. um david jaffe in a video uh who like made god of war and twisted metal was saying that he had sources in uh sony that he's been talking to that they've essentially been saying yep there's something that's happening doesn't doesn't know what it looks like but there is some sort of game pass equivalent coming from playstation and i think jim ryan um the ceo and president of uh sony interactive entertainment was saying that back in november with an interview with some sort of Russian um, outlet was saying, was asked about like a potential uh, PlayStation Game Pass service. And he was like, uh, there is news coming, just not now. So um, it, it seems that that potential is becoming more likely. And with that likelihood, maybe a year or two that's announced and released, um, I could see Marvel's Avengers showing up on that because of what you mentioned with the the deal in place between Square and uh, PlayStation. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, a fair thing to assume if that does come to fruition. But I think at that point, my main thing is like, I just hope this game lasts that long. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. So it's a it's a pretty tricky situation for Marvel's Avengers, but um, hopefully, like, I mean, we didn't really even talk about that too much, but like. The fact that it's like, hey, yeah, free for PS now. Oh shit, it broke. Like that, that that's just another like bad image thing that they really don't need, you know. Yeah. Um for for their sake, I'm very glad that it seemed to have been fixed very quickly because yes. Lord knows if they release that on PS now and for every other PlayStation user it's just broken and who knows how long that imagine if that lasted any longer than it did, that would have just been completely awful um i don't even think they they published a statement regarding that because i think they wanted to keep that very quiet and we found difficulty like even seeing like 
outlets reporting on that because I think it was sort of a flash in the pan situation. Mm-hmm. Um, also, maybe because no one's playing the game potentially. Um, but yeah, uh, they didn't address that. I think they quietly fixed it and then just moved on, which uh, is probably the smart move, to be honest. Yeah. So uh, ideally, you know, with future content drops or uh, that that's a weird thing because, you know, PS Now has this weird like tiered infrastructure to it with how the different consoles work but hopefully in the future oh also i'm pretty sure this is the case here as well uh even though it's a ps4 game and ps now games can be played on ps5 and they can the ps4 games on ps now can be downloaded on the ps5 you cannot redeem and download Marvel's Avengers for PS4 on your PS5 and upgrade it to the PS5 version. You'll be playing the PS4 version as if you were playing a pro because of the enhancements that are just given by the extra oomph. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, I think, did you say that, that technically PlayStation Now isn't a PlayStation 5 service? Like, you're downloading the PlayStation 4 PlayStation Now service? So, yeah, it's weird. And there aren't any... I didn't realize that until... Um, I didn't realize this until this news came out, but there are no PlayStation 5 games on PlayStation Now, which is yeah bizarre. Mm-hmm. So, If you are looking to get into it, though, everything should be taken care of by now. So I, I think there's also a, um, a trial of PS Now you can get if you don't have a sub, but you do want to try Avengers or if you're trying to sell your friends on it. Um, uh, I logged into my PS4, I think the day that this thing was going live and I saw, you know how sometimes PlayStation will just like throw a, a thumbnail icon on your media bar for the PS4. Yeah. They give you an ad as soon as you yeah. boot up the console. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I loaded it up and I, I was like seven day free trial, try PS now right now. And it was the picture of Marvel's Avengers as the icon. And I was like, right next to that on my bar was Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. Game. You, you know what I'm doing? Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you want to check it out, you can check it out. Um, if you're curious, I recommend it. If you don't like PS Now, like Jack said, you can get the game pretty cheap now. I see it hit 20 bucks a lot, but uh, curious to see how this tracks in the coming updates and expansions. So we'll keep an eye out for that. But meanwhile, there's been uh, some rumblings on everything. Uh, I, I saw one thing that broke, Jack, that we can save last here. Okay. Because it's going to tee up Falcon. Sure. But first up, let's start with the thing we didn't watch. There was a new Black Widow trailer this week. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I was able to gain a sense of what this trailer covered. I didn't watch it because, you know, I just would like to uh, be aware of what I'm aware of when I see that movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, with I'm with you. I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to see anything... Because we're at the point in the marketing cycle where it's like, all right, we got to put some sort of new footage out there, and I just mm-hmm. don't want to see that. I think we're in the same boat. Yeah, well, I, from what I could gather, it seemed like they didn't put out new footage per se with this. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're restarting the marketing campaign for Black <laughs> Widow because now they have a locked and loaded date, right? We have July, we have Disney Plus and theaters, so it's not moving. Yeah, so. Totally. It's like, hey, we're actually getting into the marketing cycle for this movie now, which I think is great because I'm looking forward to this. But the way that this trailer works, apparently, is it's like kind of a retrospective 
sort of thing. Like, remember the Endgame trailer that was, like, the highlight reel in black and white? Yeah, with uh, red mixed in here and there. Yeah, there's a good chunk of that in here. Like, it shows Endgame footage of her on Vormir before it goes into some of this stuff. And I saw uh, some people speculating that, oh, does Black is Black Widow the movie sort of like a what she's recounting of her life on in her final moments on Vormir before she decides to make that sacrifice because I've seen screenshots as well of like what looks to be maybe like a 13 year old Natasha Mm. from the trailer. So like, like not in red room territory, like in a countryside. So like maybe we're getting some flashback stuff on that level. Like I think it would be interesting if they framed it that way of like, natasha looking back on her life like do you think that's something that's realistic or is that just fans looking into the way the trailer was cut too much uh i think it's realistic because i think given the tee-up in uh avengers age of ultron with um the red room flashback that they wanted to dip into that at some point and Mm -hmm. it just turned out that scarlett johansson sort of done with the mcu and this is the last movie they have with her so um i expect to get some more information about the red Mo- red room and her past um dealing with the ramifications of that so yeah i i could see that yeah i, I think it'd be very interesting because we do know as well that the majority of this movie takes place between um civil war and infinity war so um that is when the you know the stuff with Florence Pugh and david harbour are taking place um but yeah i'm looking forward to it you know it, it reception seemed pretty positive for the trailer so uh only hoping it's gonna kill it and be again the winter soldier follow-up that i've always wanted yeah if um mine my second shot for the vaccine is next friday and if experts are saying come july once um they're saying 70 to 90 percent of people will be vaccinated by late july that it'll be safe to go to the movie theater again then this might be my first one back um, which has me very excited. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's a, a good way to bring it back. You know, the the world stopped and so did Marvel. So once it's back, it's all good to go. <laughs> but uh, There was another trailer this week that we did watch. The Loki trailer for the upcoming Disney Plus series. Uh, pretty chunky trailer. Uh, gave a good sort of lay of the land of what to expect from this series. What did you think of it? Yeah, so it's funny that we were talking about not wanting to watch the Black Widow trailer because it's pretty close to uh, the release, and this one is a month away, but I watched it just out of curiosity because I have no clue what this show is going to be, but I have a better sense of it now because this trailer dips into the sort of idea that maybe Loki's hopping around doing some business for whatever this organization is trying to fix the uh the change in time that he made and uh it it, the tone of this has me very excited um because tom hiddleston's sort of charm is all over the place of course and mixed in with owen wilson i think is a great pairing and they have Mm -hmm. some excellent back and forth uh in this trailer alone so um i was I wouldn't say hesitant about this show before. I was just sort of more confused what it would actually be, but I have a better sense of it now after this trailer, and I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, I was going in, like, in the past, after they pitched the show with, like, Doctor Who Twilight Zone vibes for the show. Mm. Um, 
and it seems like they're sort of going into that a little bit, but, you know, it's much more in Loki's tone of being very, like, cheeky, uh, oh, did I do that? I'm not evil, like, that kind of thing, like, it's, it looks great, I'm really excited for it, it looks very, very fun and very wacky in a way that's not, like, off-putting, you know, the way that Loki sort of is able to carry that presence in all of his appearances, um, and the organization is the time variance authority mm. so i i yeah because i think in the trailer they also go into the idea that loki shouldn't exist but they're using him kind of right yeah he's he's like a tool for them and they mentioned like this loki variant so it sounds like we might see other variants of loki played by different actors which i think is really interesting mm-hmm there's one that's been floating around a lot, and I don't know if this is actually a confirmed casting, but Lady Loki. Are you familiar with Lady Loki? I've only heard of Lady Loki because of this trailer and the fallout from it. Okay, yeah. So Lady Loki, um, well, I mean, like, you know how myth- mythology works with gods? They really have no defined, like, coding. They can just be whatever they want. Yeah. Um, I-, I think Marvel Comics has dipped into Lady Loki at times. And I believe it's just Loki, and then he just does that Hmm. and becomes Lady Loki for a period of time. I don't know, but it seems like the way the show is establishing it is that, like you mentioned, there are other variants, so different parallel timelines or universes or whatever, which, uh, again, sort of just is continuing on the uh, the plan of the multiverse, potentially, that we're seeing unfold through the end of WandaVision and doctor strange next year and spider verse or yeah whatever spider no uh, no way home (laughs) um i'm really excited about the potential of this show being much more episodic than falcon the winter soldier is more Mm -hmm. akin to wandavision because it seems like based on the trailer that loki's going to be going on like different missions at different points in time or different realities what have you i think that sets up really nicely for an episodic television show that each episode is very distinct from the next, and that has me very, very excited. Definitely, yeah. And we, we do know that there will be a second season of this show as well, so um, lots to look forward to with Loki, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, that is dropping in June, I believe, the first episode. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, June and, 11th, right? Yes, that is correct. Very so, nice. Looking forward to it. Um, there's also, I'm very glad you remembered this. You added this to the doc. Uh, would you like to tee up what Marvel Studios did recently on Twitter this week? Yes. So we we uh, unfortunately forgot to talk about this scene last week's episode. But uh, in episode three of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, they're in Madripoor and they're at a, a, a dance club. And uh, there's some shots of people dancing. And of course, there's Baron Von Zemo doing the fist bump jersey shore style and people loved it and it's you can if you go on twitter there's thousands of gifts about it and it's amazing uh people were saying i think there's an interview with uh the actor who plays zemo Mm -hmm. and he was saying yeah i actually did a lot more dancing for that scene and they just sort of cut it down to what it was but it was it was very involved (laughs) and of course in today's internet culture release the zemo cut was trending as soon as possible after he said that and uh dutifully the falcon and the winter soldier twitter account uh posted the long unedited cut of baron von zemo uh showing off some 
some dance moves and uh it was a, a great little great little boon for uh fans of that that scene which is great yeah that was excellent um and i, I love that they did that you know it's it's very fun it's not like anything major uh uh, it, it was a good fun little thing on twitter and i found this out too jack at kind of tangential but it is related to the actor daniel Bruhl. um i found out that when he was significantly younger he voiced lightning mcqueen for the german dub of cars what <laughs> yeah there's a german dub of the film cars and he's lightning that's incredible and I, he look in the interview I saw it, he looked like our age. I don't know how old he was, but he looked very he looked younger than us, honestly. Like he looked very, very young. Jeez. Oh, but I remember him um in Inglorious Bastards. That that was sort of my touchstone to him before mm. Civil War. But uh yeah, Cars terrible movie franchise. It's very <laughs> Yeah, really You know who loves cars? John Walker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, dude. He he doesn't like light ning mcqueen he likes lightning mcqueen's arch rival the one with the mustache chick hicks yeah he's a big chick hicks fan (laughs) oh man um well there was one other thing i saw and mentioned that i wanted to throw out here uh via the direct your home base um Mm -hmm. apparently the next episode of falcon and the winter soldier episode five is going to be over an hour long yeah that's cool. Um, I think this is a this will be end up being like around six hours in total mm-hmm. the whole season. So yeah, we're I love getting the little short movies that we're getting through Disney Plus essentially with uh, with these longer episodes and then uh, with um, the Bad Batch with the first mm-hmm. premiere that being oh, essentially yeah. I think what seventy minutes. So that's great. Yeah, that's a short film, baby. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, that's exciting. I think there's a lot of ground to cover, and clearly after this week, there will be a lot of fallout to deal with in these final two episodes, so why don't we dip on into Falcon and the Winter Soldier talk. Um, This is episode four. Uh, I forget what the episode title is called. These, they're kind of inconsequential, I feel like, the title names compared to WandaVision, where that was like the gimmick every week, but... Rocket's Red Glare. (laughs) Yeah, sure, yeah, that, that, you know what, that, that's very fitting as well. Um, that would be on a multiple choice question for <laughs> what's episode four's title. Yeah. Um, well, spoiler free impressions, Jack, what did you think of this episode? Yeah. Uh, so like I said last week with episode three, um, I liked that episode, but it, it sort of felt like we were in the middle of things and um, it it had some fun scenes, but overall I, I sort of glazed over at some points, um, but this episode definitely brought me back. Um, there's some really great character interactions uh, between people I didn't expect to see interacting. Um, some really interesting forward momentum for a lot of the characters in the show. And yeah, overall, I think it was a really great episode of the show. What about you, Christian? Yeah, I agree. I think it... Um, I really liked last week's episode. I thought it was very fun. Um but this week, I think, brought it back to a lot of uh, the themes that the show has been trying to hammer in on and including some that they kind of didn't really touch on after the first like episode or two, uh, which I appreciated. Like you said, really good forward momentum. And it was 
specifically towards the end of the episode, it was like edge of my seat type stuff. Like I was locked into the screen. So um, why don't we dip into spoiler territory? Do you do you want to just start at the end? <laughs> yeah, what a fucking image, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> John Walker holding the bloody shield after battering that man to death with it has to be the most graphic shot in the mcu oh yeah without a doubt i because here's the like when he's out there in the streets right like when he's running out there and he's like because obviously his partner hoskins presumably dead i don't Mm -hmm. like i i wouldn't be surprised if next week it's like oh yeah he's in a coma this guy just like overreacted um yeah but Hoskins Battlestar got uh, kicked into a pillar by Erin. That is her, the actress. No. Yeah. Uh, Carly. <laughs> Carly, thank you. Because um, the thing is, I was talking about Enfys Ness with Mike on John Nights last week. And he's like, yeah, I thought it was super funny. You guys just called call her Enfys Ness on Excelsior. <laughs> I was like, I know, I was trying. <laughs> I mean, you're right. She kind of is the same character. but Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Hoskins got messed up and then um walker reacted and went into the streets chasing this dude through the shield at his head i think and then downed him by a statue which i was trying to get a good look at i was like this scene this would be very interesting if this was like an american statue of something but i don't think they were going that over with it but yeah uh so the show's talking about police brutality now (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. that was incredibly impressive and i thought they handled so well i like how you you get the sense that he took the serum um mm-hmm, yeah. without having shown it because he, he like bends some bars here and there and yeah and, jumping out of buildings um, yeah and sam just like straight up is like what did you do yeah exactly um mm-hmm. and earlier uh lamar was talking about how when you take this serum, it sort of enhances what you already are, which is a really great callback to what Erskine said to um, Steve. I don't know if he said it to Steve, but Erskine said it in the first cap where he's like, when he when you take that serum, it'll just enhance what you already are. So bad becomes worse, good becomes great. I actually think that was the exact quote. It was, yes. Very good job. <laughs> um, thank you, thank you. So that's, that's essentially reiterated in this show. And then... Uh, earlier in the episode we see john walker being like very hot-headed and like cannot sit still and very unsettling and that becomes amplified because he takes the super soldier serum and yeah like what you said that's a really great point i don't think i even picked up on that but yeah that is essentially an allegory for police brutality where there are so many um bystanders watching on sort of helpless Mm -hmm. um and recording this too um and yeah, it it just having the shield representing America being bloodied by an agent of that country is is quite the image, and what a way to leave off the episode. Jeez. Yeah, and I was just impressed they went for it more than anything. I think um, because I think this show so far, like even the, like with Isaiah, like I was like, wow, they actually went for it. They're they're doing something here, and I think marvel in the past has not really gone in on that too much in terms of just like critiquing 
the military or the United States in a certain way. Like, and I think there is still a way they can like weasel it out of it, you know, of like, oh, it's just the bad guy, you know, like kind of what they sort of did with Hydra and Shield. But in the past, the only like visual, because I think having a visual image like this is still way more impactful, even if you don't, if you like back tread on it slightly, you know, like I think Winter Soldier had that really great moment of like Bucky dragging steve out of the river and like it just his uniform the basically american flag uniform was just dirty muddy covered in blood soaking wet dour just being dragged through mud and then leaving off on that image in the background like washington is burning like that i think is the closest they ever got to just saying something visually but here it's like way more in your face and like visceral and i yeah, I'm very glad they're touching on this, and I hope that this is sort of a triggering moment for Sam to fully, like, go for it now. You know, like, next episode, I hope Sam sees this and thinks on his interactions with everybody so far, everything he's been dealing with about race, and then seeing this man abusing what that shield means, and is like, okay, I have to... I have to do this now. So, yeah, um, I feel like that image when they they left they left on that image for like a good few seconds. It really mm. felt like that came out of a comic book, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It it just felt like one of those. Even if you haven't read comics, like it it felt like one of those images that you just would know from the comics. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think this is <laughs> one of the more disturbing images from the MCU, and I think this will be <laughs> looked back on as. If you know the MCU, you, you'll probably think of this shot, um, and they nailed it in that regard. It's very, it's very unsettling, and uh, yeah, they they handled that scene very well, I think. Yeah, I also, I, I musically, I got a sort of a cue to the Winter Soldier theme almost. Mm. So I don't know if they're trying to do something there of like, you know, Bucky has gone away from that and. This episode takes his time through the beginning and through uh, Zemo's discussion with Sam of like, hey, Bucky's a good guy, you know, like he's 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 trying, you know, he he's a different person than Winter Soldier. He's come back from that and he's a good guy. You know, he's not like Steve Rogers status, but he's not. He's evidence that not all, all the super soldiers have to be bad. And Zemo even acknowledges that, right? Like, he gets stumped when Sam's like, then what about Bucky? Um, Yeah, there is that moment of hesitation. So I think opening the show with Bucky sort of being freed of the Winter Soldier burden. And then, you know, previously this season, we've seen the music come back for when he has to step into that. But something similar being used for John Walker at this ending moment when he is a villain He's murdering someone who was innocent and in the streets with that shield, with these powers post serum, I think is probably intentional. (laughs) Just like sort of shifting like the idea of the evil super soldier away from Bucky and towards this guy. So, right. Um, And circling back to that scene with Bucky and um, Ao at the beginning, uh, Mm -hmm. talk about, making you feel for a character that you didn't really feel for before in the MCU. I was weeping. 
at this scene. And it was the first minute in the episode. Uh, not cool, Marvel. But you you get AO, like, testing out um, and sort of deprogramming uh, Bucky with using the code words that triggered his turn into the Winter Soldier. And Bucky's straight up weeping listening to this because he's not sure if it's going to work. And then he's thinking about all of his past as the Winter Soldier, and then by the end, he's freed. Um, and I think it was a incredible performance by Sebastian Stan, and very emotional. Yeah, that entire time I was like, "Wow, it's like Sebastian Stan is killing this right now, dude! Like he is flexing. This is incredible." And in a spe- a special note to the he like you know when you're crying, and then there's the point where the tears actually come out of your eyes. Mm-hmm. That happened right when. AO said freight train or freight freight car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was so perfectly timed. Uh, obviously, like a reference to him falling off of that train and uh, the start of him becoming the Winter Soldier. So Damn. a beautiful scene. I yeah. I I really enjoyed Bucky Barnes uh, in the previous episodes of the show. I think it helped him stand out against some other characters in the MCU. But this is, I think, by far my favorite Bucky scene. And it goes a long way to humanize absolutely yeah and i i even missed that connection that was that was a great pickup but uh that was this scene specifically is what i was talking about when i was like circling back to themes that kind of abandoned which episode one you see bucky in therapy right and i was like wow i'm really glad they're talking about men's mental health through bucky barnes on the stage of the mcu and that kind of got dropped but Mm. they brought it back here very like very raw you know with that scene that's the first thing they set the tone for the episode with like hey deal with trauma this is an important thing it doesn't matter who you are like this is this can be life-changing and the fact that they brought it back they started the episode with that and then it ties in so heavily to just sort of sam's character development too right because he's seeing the amplification of good and bad now he's seeing what it's like for someone like Bucky who was manipulated that way. And he's sympathetic for Carly the entire time, right? Like Sam is like constantly giving her not necessarily benefit of the doubt, but like seeing how her head works in these scenarios. And I think all these things working together just went to elevate Sam even more as like the guy who, is Steve Rogers' successor. Because I got big Steve Rogers' Captain America morals from him this episode. I don't know if you felt that way. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, his his work as um, someone who worked with veterans after they came home and sort of like would do sort of group sessions with them and talk them through what they were feeling. Mm-hmm. He mentioned that in this episode and then essentially used the skills he had in those rooms with Carly. And yeah, I feel like Captain America is just someone who can win an argument just by talking things through, or not even win, just sort of get to know the person through talking things through. Um, there's just like such like there's like a charm about Captain America that uh, Black Widow sort of <laughs> jokes about in Endgame, where she's like, "If you try to talk to me about my feelings, I'm going to throw this peanut butter sandwich at you." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you I I agree. You totally get that sense from. Uh, from Sam in this episode for sure. And there's a point where Zemo and Sam were talking and I think Bucky were talking about super soldiers and Zemo was like, there hasn't been another Steve Rogers and the camera cuts of course to Sam. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, he's 
like we said, he's he's already there. I think he just needs to accept that for himself. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think in, again, stark contrast, this entire episode, we have this sort of proving of inheritance of, like, the morals of Steve Rogers, not just, like, the, the image and ideals of Captain America, right? Compare that to everything with John Walker. Dude, I... I still hate, even whoever's underneath that thing, I hate seeing a gun next to the shield. It just oh, yeah. feels wrong. I hate it. Like him going up that stairwell with like the shield and then like the Glock right above it. I was like, dude, no. I, I And I feel like that would have been way more impactful if whoever directed Joe Johnson, right, who did First Avenger, didn't give Steve a gun. Joss Whedon didn't give Steve a gun. Like, I feel like you would have hit even another point there, but... Um, anytime I see a gun with a shield, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think you're right. Um, if Steve never picked up a gun in the MCU, then this, that would have been, uh, I think a little bit more obvious, uh, when John Walker's walking around fully strapped, but, (laughs) uh, there still is that sense of unease because I think in the last few films we saw Captain America, he was mostly just shield and fist and that was pretty much it so i think you're right you still sort of get that uh feeling but man the the insecurities of john walker just made me feel so uncomfortable this whole episode like Mm -hmm. sam and carly were you know having a civil conversation and then john walker's in the (laughs) boiler room which i think is pretty funny now that i'm thinking about (laughs) it with uh with zemo and and uh lamar and bucky and he's like i literally wrote down like man he's like coming off so hot right now because he can't sit still he's staring at the shield um and he's very insecure like in his position now as captain america um and yeah it it was it was very uncomfortable and it just got got even more so as the episode went on yeah definitely and you know i i think props to uh wyatt russell right yeah yeah, he's. I think he's doing a great job with this character because I, I think I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, he's doing a great job, honestly, because like totally. He, I I still feel like John Walker's going through an arc. You know, he's not just stereotypical villain. I, I think there's some nuance to him at least, and I appreciate that he's. We're able to see the cracks. We saw the cracks out the gate, but like seeing them, just like continue to like tear apart and then just what's underneath it all elevate with uh the performance and you know the reasoning and story of the serum i think is really really great i think he's doing a really good job yeah you could tell there from the first episode you see with him which i think was episode two you could tell that there was something there some even if it was hidden away behind his cockiness and sort of brashness there was some inherent goodness to him Mm. of wanting to do the right thing um but yeah he he definitely like sort of strays off that path and with the fight with the um uh Dora Milaje, he when he's bested by them, he's like they didn't even have they weren't even super soldiers. So like yeah. you get the sense that he doesn't necessarily he wasn't sort of wanting to take the super soldier serum until he is sort of bested by that and he's and he had that conversation with Lamar, like, hey, would you have done this? And which of course he says yes, so He's. Yeah. I feel like he's essentially like I need to do this to be Captain America. Like, mm-hmm. you know. So I. I do. 
I agree with you. I think it is, it's more nuanced than I was, uh, or that I, I was, I was hoping that it was nuanced and it, mm-hmm. it turns out that it is. Yeah. And I think also that what that specific scene with him and Lamar talking over lunch or whatever, um, I, I wonder, and I hope this is the direction they go with it because I think it's clear that there is, like we're saying, a level uh, that's more than skin deep with John Walker. Like I would love if they're, you know, in that scene they deliberately are like hey yeah the serum amplifies the good and whatever like you are underneath it all and they also talk about um john walker's time in afghanistan and his medals of honor right so and the way he talks about that walker is like you know like it was pretty messed up like they treat me like a hero it was a terrible thing that happened that day we don't know the details but like clearly he's not happy about that right I wonder if they would be as bold as to go down a path to comment on the state of what the U.S. military can do to the people who are members of it mentally. And that is the reason that when the soldier serum is amplifying his core, the root of the issues that are amplified are because of just the way that the military works in the U.S. Yeah, I could see that. Um that well, would be another will, but... sort of thing that they're juggling in terms of yeah. the themes that they're trying to convey. But mm-hmm. you could say that that's already happening with um, just his position at the very end of the episode of just straight yeah. up murdering a person. Um, so, yeah, e- e- even if it's uh, not as overt as some of the other themes that they're talking about. Yeah, I think you're you're totally right. Yeah, because I, I think it would go a long way, you know, because we I think we talked about it a bit last week, but U.S. agent I, at some point is a member of the Thunderbolts. It seems like they're trying to throw the Thunderbolts together. Uh, and it seemed like that for a long time. There's been seeds in place. But yeah, I think if you want to have U.S. agent be a guy who returns and is on that Thunderbolts team, like you need to give him some angle of sympathy. And I think if you are using him for just this specific use, then I don't know if I'd want to see him on a team like the Thunderbolts. Cause this man is literally the worst of America. He's, he's acting out like elitism. Uh, you know, Zemo throws around supremacy and then, uh, like we mentioned at the end police brutality. Like, I, I don't know how you can sympathize that in a future project. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm wondering what his arc will end up actually looking like when everything is said and done. Because I think when the show first started, I wanted him to sort of just go along the trajectory of being sympathetic in a way, but sort of going about what he was doing in a wrong way and then realizing and then sort of stepping back from that. Um, I have a feeling that he's probably going to double down on what he's been doing. Um, yeah. So I, I wonder how I'll feel about his character come episode six. Maybe he does come to a point of a reconciliation. Um, I feel like that's probably hard at this point. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll see in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I think also there's something to say about, like, what is left episode wise you know because there's only so much they can cover i know we talked that maybe next week's episode is an hour or over that so like i'm expecting and 
we can talk about expectations right now if you want, or we can also cover anything else in the episode. What what is there anything else that stands out to you that you want to mention? Um, the one the one line that I was thinking about was when Carly was in a graveyard with I think it was the person who en- ends up dying. Mm. Um and he was essentially saying something along the lines of people need a hero that looks like them today. Um mm. and I thought that was a really interesting way of uh, a side character talking to not the main character, but essentially about the main character in Sam. Yeah. Where he's essentially talking about like hey essentially saying like not saying it to carly but saying it sort of more of like a fourth wall breaking thing i I suppose but like black people need a hero that looks like them and that they can look up to essentially um and that obviously applies to sam being captain america so i thought that was really interesting that that conversation was placed uh for carly and it was more for the audience than anything i feel and i I liked that yeah and i think I, I definitely thought the same thing. And, you know, when Carly and Sam have their first meeting in after the uh, the funeral service, like, I definitely got that vibe that she was thinking back to that conversation because the way she was treating Sam, you know, the way that they had their back and forth and sort of how Sam was talking about, like, hey, I understand your pain. I understand not being cared for, feeling like your people are not cared for or irrelevant or not important because he's talking about that from, you know, his experience of racial injustice like and i'm glad the show keeps touching on these things because i don't know about you i've seen plenty of people deny that the show is about that but (laughs) that's ridiculous yeah but uh yeah i think they're killing it they're doing a great job yeah i think that's part of the reason why last week didn't really hit for me as much because it was more action oriented and that's totally fine like to sort of take an episode back less character focus and sort of more focus on plot and action Mm -hmm. um and but I'm I'm glad uh, this week was more of the mix of the two, and uh, I like getting the character interactions and the uh, the themes that we had in the first two episodes come back. So yeah, this episode was definitely a highlight. Yeah, that uh, that Dormilaje fight scene was incredible. That was very good. Hell yeah! And they, they were aiming to kill too. I loved how ruthless they were. They're yeah, I, it was great to see them. Yeah, I love that. Uh, he he's like, oh yeah, I'm Captain America, and she was just like. I don't care. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, that was really great. Um, so we can talk about predictions, I guess, because there's a lot of stuff I think that sets up probably the final two episodes of the show this week. Um, I don't know about you. I'm kind of expecting the. I mean, immediately next week, I'm assuming we take care of John Walker and the shield, I'm sure. But I'm wondering if the gov- the U.S. is just like, Hey, so we're going to take this back, and I wonder if they either go to Sam with it to make them look like the good guys still and sort of brush under the rug of the, you know, like what we were talking about before, or like maybe they take it away from him and Sam's like, hey, I want it back. Maybe maybe old man Steve pops up and he's like, hey, I got to take care of this. Listen to me. You know, like, what do you think? That's what I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking either old Cap comes and gives sam like a motivational speech and be like hey you you're already this person you just need to identify that as yourself and go reclaim the shield or um isaiah does that i think old cap or isaiah could fill that mold and fill that role for sam um i do i do think we will see 
Steve Rogers uh, as Joe Biden um, in this yes. show. So, yeah, um, I, I, I'm expecting that interaction to happen between either Old Cap or Isaiah and Sam. Yeah, I, I'm in the same camp. I was thinking this episode a lot of like, how could they work Isaiah into this moving forward? I don't, I personally, I don't know how they would realistically, unless like he just had a lot of time to think after that meeting. But yeah, uh, in a similar sense, I know we talked about it before. Uh, I think they want us to think all oh, the serum is gone now. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> yeah. There's exactly one vial left, Christian. Mm-hmm. Do you think Zemo has it? Um, I'm not sure. I think Zemo might have it. And I think because there was a moment in this episode, Jack, where mm-hmm. I was almost prepared to hear Zemo say, uh, when I think when he asks Sam, like, would you take the serum? Because that's after the serum is supposedly gone. I think he's a- he's asking Sam, would you take it? Immediately he says no. I'm wondering if Zemo has a vial and he's like, that was a test or like... <laughs> I don't know, because I think he sees that element of Steve that he said he's never seen before in Sam. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's holding on to just one, maybe. My, I actually think that conversation was before the Dora Milaje, Milaje fight. Because, like, the serum was destroyed. Wait, no, you could be right. Never mind, you're right. Because um, he had the ice over his eyes. He got, yeah. he got KO'd by... Yeah, I was thinking the uh, serum breaking and the death scene were the same scene, but they weren't. Um, I think that there's definitely one left because Sam needs to be presented with the choice uh, just in terms of writing that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think Carly probably has a backup on her and is like, you know what? when sam like becomes the new captain america she's probably gonna be like you know what you could probably use this i i trust you and then Mm -hmm. he takes it and like smashes it or takes it i actually don't know what's gonna happen but um i think that is sort of what i'm thinking you know i think that makes sense because i i'm thinking specifically to that scene in the graveyard where carly's friend co-worker is like people need a hero that looks like them and Mm -hmm. then what we were talking about sam and her in the the church and like her seeing Sam's like earnestness and honesty about his experience uh, being who he is and dealing with people that don't care about you and oppression. Like I bet she can just, she sees him as being more capable because she knows who he is and seeing that honesty from him. I'm wondering if that line about a hero for them, I wonder if she sees that in Sam. Because she tried to recruit him. I know it was like a distraction so they could kill Walker, but it, he, she still was like extending that branch, you know? Yeah, um, I think that's a great point. Um, I could see that coalescing into that scene where she offers him the choice of mm-hmm. uh, taking the vial. Um, I, I, I'm at this point where I don't know if he would use that or not. Because yeah. I think either way, it could be really powerful mm-hmm. of obviously denying that, but also potentially taking that and accepting the responsibilities that come with it. I'm not sure where they're going to go with it. And that has me excited, honestly. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm kind of 50-50. Um, when they gave him the shield originally in Endgame, I was like, okay, so what story are we going to tell about how Sam gets the Super Soldier Serum? Because <laughs> like... <laughs> 
I, I do think in just in like a writing perspective, if this guy's cap moving forward, cap took some hits, you know, and I think like the like I know Widow took hits too, and so did Hawkeye, but like jumping out of a fifty story building and landing on the shield, right? Like I think there's maybe a little leeway that they might want to have extended to them by having a character with that power, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of power in him choosing to not use it and like being given the choice as opposed to Isaiah. Or I also think him accepting that and like having his own say in it and realizing it's a, it's a hard job to represent this nation, people who look up to me and the implications of Sam Wilson being Captain America. It's, it's a hard choice, but he's committed to it. You know, and it's not easy. It's not perfect. There's going to be bad things about it. But I do think there's a lot of power in that also, which uh, I could see it go either way. But I, I don't I won't be disappointed with either option. I don't think I'm with you. Um, Yeah, I think this this episode really brought me back in a way that episode three kind of didn't. And uh, mm-hmm. the I think the show is on a very interesting trajectory. Um, And yeah, I'm just next week is going to be a good one. And it, man, I can't believe the show's done and two weeks that's wild i know yeah like oh there's uh, i I know i hope we get a suit up scene at some point you know just like a final look um because uh yeah that'd be nice but uh one thing i wanted to ask you i don't know if we talked about this last week but i've seen a lot of people assuming that sharon is the power broker yeah she's not (laughs) she's not I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, there, why? It's there was a message that one of the flag smashers uh, was reading to Carly, and it was worded like, "You're like a petulant child," and I don't think that Sharon would speak like that. That sounds like an old man. Yeah, dude, I'm doubling down. It's General Ross. It has to be right. It has to be. Yeah. Jack, I made a TikTok about this, and all these people were like, oh, so he took a break from being the power broker to go to Tony's funeral? It's like, Batman, Bruce Wayne goes to parties, you know? Like, yeah. you gotta keep up appearances. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, because this... When when does this take place? This is before Far From Home, right? So, I think so. Well, hold because at the beginning of this episode, it says six years ago. Okay. <laughs> because that's that when gets, Bucky's in Wakanda. That gets so confusing with the snap or with the blip. Because they're, they're, everything so far we've seen post-Endgame is still 2023, as far yeah. as I know. Uh-huh. So if this show is also 2023, six years ago would have been 2017, which is a year before Infinity War. Okay. I don't know if that helps anything. <laughs> uh, I know this is... Obviously, it's after Endgame, and I believe the furthest Phase Four project is Far From Home. Oddly enough, in in the timeline, I think so. Yeah, because that takes place almost right after. Or no, sorry, no, uh, Far From Home is what you said, not yeah. No Way Home. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think WandaVision is right before or a week after, and then this is some nebulous sort of in between, maybe before, maybe after. Who knows? But yeah. Um, I, so I think it is probably General Ross, 
and if it's not, it's someone we know. Um, I think it would be very unbefitting of Sharon's character <laughs> to be the power broker. That seems yeah. weird. Uh, I kind of hope it's not her. I don't know how they'd even manage to deal with that. Yeah, because so, apparently the power broker is still a character in the comics. So that was the other thing. I was like, yeah, maybe General Ross. People were like, it's a character from the comics, but it's Sharon. It's like, that's it's not they can just replace it. You know, you saw Iron Man 3, the Mandarin, you know, like we've done this. <laughs> like, it's just the title. But yeah, I, I'm wondering how big of a focus that is in the final couple episodes, though. Yeah, because we haven't seen them purposefully because yeah. that's how we know it's probably someone we know because uh, mm-hmm. we we would have had like the whatever who whoever um inspector gadget's evil villain is we would have had those cutaway scenes where he's like that child i'm gonna get yeah. them you know and we haven't got that so it's obviously someone that we probably know um yeah and th- oh man i'm hoping it's not now that i'm thinking about it i hope it's not gonna be like a third act i'm the villain yeah let's fight you know Jack, take this to the bank, mm-hmm. all right? Final episode, uh, John Walker's in custody, right? Maybe after the end of next episode, he's arrested in prison at the raft. The end of the show, post credit scene, lights go out in the raft in John Walker's cell. Get, he gets a message, signed power broker or something, and then red light goes on in the room. General Ross is standing there and being like, I'm putting together a team. Hell yeah. The, th- the Thunderbolts. And uh, that's it. That's I, the post scene. I think that's perfect. If you haven't made a TikTok about that, I think you should. Uh, I will do that today. <laughs> I haven't done one yet today. So that's perfect because I kind of don't want to see the Power Broker now that we're talking more. Exactly, like, yeah. A- until the very end. Like, I don't want mm-hmm. him to be like what we were mentioning. I'm the real villain. Let's fight and have a dumb fight. Um I think it would be really interesting if there's a lot of there's a lot of like TV shows and movies even that have a thread that isn't picked up till the very end and it sets up a uh, future with that character. So yeah. I think that would be really interesting. And the fact that we haven't seen the power broker at all would would totally be fine that we only see them at the very end um, more being like a. The power broker is sort of like a player behind the scenes right now, and I think it would make a lot more sense if we don't see them until the very end of the show and being like, well, my turn, <laughs> and then we get whatever next project with the power broker. Exactly, I because I, you're right. Throwing them in there as a big reveal for the final episode or something, I'm sure they could make it fine, but I, I think that would maybe take away from a lot of the momentum we have. So, um, yeah, doing it this way, I think you're right it tees up the next thing which is what marvel always loves doing um and maybe that opens the door for a season two uh our new cap and bucky barnes taking on the thunderbolts or something or maybe that's the next movie who knows but yeah i i'm not expecting a huge power broker presence moving like in the final episodes maybe like looming as they have been maybe slightly more since this less serum but that's what i'm expecting yeah good uh, call if there really are no more vials, uh, who can the power broker go to to get more blood that's accepted the serum, you know? John yeah. Walker. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, any other final things about this week's Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Any final predictions you want to throw out there before next week? Um, I don't think I have too many 
predictions. A uh, couple things I noticed that I thought were funny. Uh, when John Walker was holding the serum, he looked like Gollum holding the ring, which I thought was funny. <laughs> nice. And this is going to be a very specific reference to a very specific audience. Okay. The dude that Sam was talking to on like the second floor who was teaching kids. Yes. Um looked like Nick Scarpino from Kind of Funny. <laughs> I'll have to send you an image, but okay. like he looked like a a younger version of Nick Scarpino and it was so funny. I wonder I ha- I'll have to watch their review, but I hope they talk about that cuz I was like, "Well, that's Nick." <laughs> I have to go back because I I can see it in my memory, but I don't I can't place the guy's face like one to one. But I'll have to go back and look. But that's very funny. Yeah, it it was like obviously classic white guy in a beard, but yeah. he had like the cardigan going. It it was just it looked very similar, and I th- I thought it was funny. That's very good. But yeah, I guess uh, we can wrap up. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we sign off? If not, where can the agents of Excelsior find you? Sure. Um, I think episode four definitely brought me back. Uh, not that episode three had me feeling completely negative about the show, but I, I felt it was a a bit of a sidestep in a way. But uh, I, I really enjoyed episode four. It was, I think, some of the darkest images we've seen in the MCU. And I think it's it's a reiteration that the show is is still going to tackle these these themes as it has been um, since episode one. So yeah, I, I am all aboard the hype train for episode five and then episode six. Um, but you can follow me on social media at fascinated Jack uh, Christian and I, along with our friends, Kevin and Omar finished our playthrough of metal gear solid three for the long play club. And let me tell you, we, we didn't have too many nice things to say about that game. Going the grain, going against the grain a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you can find that discussion on youtube.com slash joyclicks or on the Long Play Club via podcast services of your choice. And we're picking up with Metal Gear Solid 4 very soon. And I am excited. Hell yes. Uh, likewise, you can find me on that show as well. Uh, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok at chun2d2. That's C-H-U-N number two, D number two. Um, this show is available on youtube.com slash joyclicks if you want the video version of Excelsior. And if you want the audio version for podcast feeds, you can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any other service that you would like to use. It is most likely there. If you can rate or review on that platform, it's greatly appreciated because it helps us out a ton. And if you enjoy the show, five stars, just a quick tap. Real simple, real easy. And uh, leave a review if you want to as well. If you're feeling extra generous, why not? Uh, if you're feeling even more generous, though, patreon.com slash joyclicks is where you can go to support this show and all of our podcasts at the $1 or $5 tiers. $5 tier gets you producer credit on all of our shows, like Chris Sakis and Aaron Easton. So thank you very much. And that's going to do it for Excelsior this week. Next week, we got our big, chunky, hour-plus-long potential episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And maybe some news about Tachyon Anomalies. We'll see. But... Until then, Excelsior. Excelsior.